Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday edition. I was off Monday, so my first day at work this week. We spent a lot of time in the first couple hours weaving some politics into some other cultural-related stories. And that continues because we've all talked about it. My guest this, uh, this hour, he's going to actually hang around when Chef Fecker hangs, uh, comes in in about a half hour as well. Martin Moore hey. joins us. How are you? You're filming us and, and what do you take? Taking pictures? Instagram reels. Stories or whatever, whatever the kids call it. So our, not a TikTok, <laughs> not a TikTok. Although I'm gonna I'm gonna be introduced to the world of TikTok fairly quickly. Why? I'm gonna start throwing some of my show stuff on TikTok. Really? I'm not gonna make clever, funny dance videos. You're not gonna do synchronized 620 WTMJ the dance <laughs> the dance, dance team. team. <laughs> no. I, nothing triggers me more. I've talked about this with with people. Nothing triggers me more than synchronized dancing on TikTok. Yeah. And then when Target started doing all those commercials, I think it was, where there'd be like families in like matching pajamas right. doing the same, I, it just drives me up a wall. And what happens is I watch them, then the algorithm feeds yeah, me more, more and more and more. And more, and more. And is that, is that, maybe, I don't know the answer to this. I'm asking you someone who's, who's way into that stuff. Is that where TikTok got its footing into our culture? All those dumb dance videos? No, TikTok is really the evolution of Vine. I don't know if you remember what Vine was. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe 2012. Basically, I think it was like you, you can make like a six or eight second video. Uh, but that was back in the day when we had um, uh, much longer attention spans and YouTube is really thriving and people were like, why would I want to scroll through six second videos? Um, What's but, your number on that? If I don't get hooked in like the first fifteen seconds, I move on. Three. It's basically YouTube. I believe is uh, in the first three to five seconds. If you don't really hook someone, I don't think you can know something in three seconds. No, no, I don't think so. But um, I don't know. People like it. I I hate TikTok. I hate short format video. Uh, it's throwaway content, and there's too many intelligent and smart creators out there uh, who deserve better than to have. Make make something like that. Make a piece of content and then have it just disappear in like a day or two. All right, big picture, artificial intelligence. Mm. And there's, there's we haven't one, talked about this in a minute. No, we're going to dissect this in a couple of different ways. One, we're actually going to take it back to a person I've been talking about throughout the show in a lot of different ways, political previously, this time now her identity, and that's Taylor Swift. Artificial intelligence on social media sort of trying to blow her up. Mm. Artificial intelligence generally, though, where, where are you at on this? On um, so The use of artificial intelligence. It... You know, we've talked about it previously before. I've talked about it on my podcast. It, it is, it's going to be like anything we create. It's it's going to be. It, there's a lot of things it's going to do. I use it for photography. Um, people use it to like edit movies and stuff like that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of great implications for it. But just like everything, on the flip side, there's a lot of negative things uh, that we're going to be seeing uh, that we're already seeing with with AI. Um, just like the the Taylor Swift images on Twitter, which we'll get into. Um, uh, music, uh, you know, Kanye West uh, and Jay Z have had their voices uh, manipulated through AI, and people have created songs that they never sang on. Even in politics, yeah. Joe Biden's voice recreated in New Hampshire exactly. for people answering their phones. And so, I mean, you've probably seen the Tom Cruise deep fakes. And yep. so, it's just like the, there's a lot. There's a lot of things you can do now. This isn't just like an image that was photoshopped. This is video. This is audio. Um, you combine all these things and you can create a video or something of somebody uh, and they can say and do things that they, they never actually did and get, and get, in, get into big trouble with that. So the reason we brought this up is we were, I was talking about Taylor Swift early, earlier from the sense of politics and people are being offended by the fact that she's a Joe Biden supporter. And sure. I'll leave that one in our wake. But 
Um, the fact that there's deep fake imaging of her, explicit imaging, yes. to the point where Elon Musk X shut it down. Shut it down. You couldn't. You could even search Taylor. There's already Swift. workarounds for that. Which yeah, I, I think. It, and I believe a lot of the search engines, I think, are doing something too to try and to try and suppress it. Um, but they are. I, I've I've seen a couple of them, and it's not good. It's not good, and anyone should be terrified. Just because, because any person could exactly. have that. Just uh, because uh, you're uh, an angry spouse yeah. or whatever. Just because you're a celebrity, um, or you know, you're a music star or an actor, doesn't mean you're immune to um, you know people people coming after you. Like these are human beings, and you know, you can destroy someone's reputation. People can get suicidal over stuff like this, and so uh, this is going to affect everybody. This is just not a, a superstar problem. Uh, anyone could do this for revenge or, uh, you know, to try and take down a political opponent. I mean, there's there's a many nefarious use cases for this kind of stuff. And, and it's terrifying because the average person on the Internet believes everything that they see. And so you see this stuff, you see the Taylor Swift images, and you could easily think it was real. So that's the problem. Yeah. What do we do about it? There's got to be laws, you know, which which we'll get into. Right. Um, but there has to be some sort of rules and regulations that surround this stuff because this is we all know what defamation means okay and i think one of the one of the things that surrounds this ai conversation and regulating it is when you start regulating that stuff how does that cut into first amendment rights and and creation and and parity um but just like a, a defamation lawsuit you can't just you can't just say something that's untrue about somebody and get away with it and hurt their reputation these can hurt Taylor Swift's reputation. This could hurt a vice president or CEO's reputation or someone who has a small business. You could create something uh, and completely destroy them. Uh, Isn't it, the responsibility of the platform to take these off? And I can tell you why this doesn't happen quicker yes. is because it's a manpower issue. Oh, exactly. You have to be seeing, and you know, some of this with the Taylor Swift, it becomes evident fairly 18, quickly. 18 hours, the images were up on Twitter. And that's Taylor 40, Swift. 45 million views. If it's somebody that's not famous, imagine how long that that those images linger on there. And they, they maybe, can stay on there. Maybe never. Um, it, it's a problem. It's a real problem. And it needs to be nipped in the bud. We've already seen what Photoshop has been around for what? 20, 30 years, uh, I think it was last year or a year ago or something like that, someone created a, um, they entered a photography, worldwide photography competition and won with an AI-generated image. That's just that's just a picture. And so we could easily predict what's going to happen. This is this is the best AI's, the worst AI's ever going to be, and we're only, what, a year or two So you're it? optimistic that we'll figure it out? No, we're not going to figure it out. Oh, so you think this is <laughs> the beginning of the... What once we create this kind of stuff, there's no going back. It's like the atomic bomb. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't argue with that point. <laughs> my my point is, we should be, we should get better at policing it at some point. Yeah, but if there's I would one hope. thing human beings do not excel at, it's policing the internet. So, yes, yes, that's a great point. We'll take a break here. We're going to kind of get into the law part of this because yes. there are actually people trying to legislate this and uh, to limit it success. And there's a, sort of a weird byproduct of when you try to go after this stuff. Things that you don't intend might be victims mm. of uh, some weird legislation. Martin Moore, I guess. It is Tuesday here on WTMJ Now. Sticks Tuesday here on WTMJ Now. Martin Moore joining me in studio as he does every other week. And um, we're talking about AI, artificial intelligence. And uh, I, I, whenever I talk about AI, I get these texts almost immediately. AI equals China. Your thoughts, Martin Moore. Uh, I mean, I don't think AI equals China. Uh, Chinese owners. 
Sure. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of American companies that... Gathering our data. Oh, yeah. That's well, the thing, right? Everyone's it's, gathering our data. Your credit card is gathering your data. Your... That's the point that gets missed. Yes. I know that it's a Chinese company. I know they're gathering data. Now, what they do with it, that if it's criminal, that, that needs to be you know found out and, and, sure. and prosecuted. But every application, almost every platform... Does exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. and even not on the internet. Even like I said, your credit card, credit card companies they they sell your information, and no one's data is safe. <laughs> and so I, I'm not terribly worried about that. What I'm worried about is is people's voices and likeness being manipulated. To well, we had an actors' strike based on that because yeah, they, that's huge. Hollywood, the the you know the the, the muckety mucks was basically saying once we own you, we own you. Yeah. And we'll just create your voice using your voice. Use your, use your image, voice. Boom. Uh, we don't need you as a writer because we can just use AI to come up with this skit or something like that. It, it, it's. I don't think the average person really appreciates where we're currently at with AI, um, and where we're going to be in a couple years from now, in a decade from now, in twenty years from now. Like I said earlier in the previous segment, um, this is the worst AI is ever going to get. It's in its it's it's in its beginning stages and. This is how good it already is. What about, sh- what about the fears that it essentially is unpoliceable? That's not even a word. It is unpoliceable. I mean, so what do you do about that? Because otherwise, images of you and I, sure. our voice being used for things that aren't positive, aren't good. Sure. It can, it can be, I think it can be controlled um, and sort of handled, uh, but it's going to come with a lot of nuance. But I don't, I don't believe you're ever going to be able to you know, 100% police it. And I know 100%ing anything is a difficult thing to do, but in situations like this where you're talking about individuals' careers, their reputation, all that kind of stuff, um, it has to be 100% policed, you know? Uh, and I, I just don't, I don't know what we do. You know, you can find people, you can, but once something's created and it's on the internet, it's there forever. So the damage is already done. It doesn't matter how many years in prison you serve, how much money you, you, you pay someone, someone's reputation will be destroyed and there's there's no undoing that. So the some of the efforts, whenever something as bad is happening, lawmakers, mm-hmm. legislators try to do something about it. So there's something called the No AI Fraud Act. Yes. You direct, sent me this last night. Yeah, direct quote gives all Americans the tools to protect their digital personas. Does it though? Because there's some concerns from people that say, you know what, it, it might go too far. It may limit, for example, parody accounts. Sure. Um satire. Sure. Even snark to some degree, which is you know flourishes on social sure. media, <laughs> and that's where there has to be nuance with the law. You know, you and I were talking on the break about this this law and the concerns over First Amendment rights and parody and and you know skits and all that stuff. And Courts have said before this is fair use. Yeah, exactly. L- like sampling was even fair use, right? If you take a little nugget of of, of a lyric or a song, you can sample that, or you can uh, impersonate sure. a president. Sure, SNL, a fam- most famous example. But there's a there's a big difference. Uh, between something, a parody account, where it's apparent that it's a fake Joe Biden or a fake Donald Trump. It's apparent that uh, a song was sampled. Um, you don't you don't, you don't, don't question what you're seeing or what you're hearing. Versus deep fakes and AI, anyone can be fooled. People have been fooled. And so... Well, the, the Tom Cruise video is a great example. It looks like Tom Cruise. Exactly. Talking exactly. like Tom Cruise. So in my opinion, there's a, a bifurcation between parody and, you know, this AI-generated deep fake stuff where... You have no you have no idea, and you can actually ruin someone's reputation with that stuff because people will believe it's actually them. No one believes that it's actually Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris on SNL. Like 
I don't think that that's really them up there. Yeah, uh, so but, but don't if abandon I, common sense. Exactly. Yes. But if I see a deep fake or hear an AI-generated audio recording of, of one of those people, I have no idea. And so that's where the nuance is going to come in with these AI laws. And I, be, I believe they'll they'll get around that and figure that out. But I don't think an AI law is going to is going to kill parody and all. Where that. does this butt heads with free speech? Right. Hey, I can say it. Exactly. It's a free country. I mean, th- th- this is well. And people always like to bring that up, but look at defamation lawsuits. You can't just go around. There are limits. Exactly. And say whatever you want. You can't yell fire in a restaurant or a movie theater. You can't, um, you know, claim that someone did something or rigged something or do whatever they did if it's not true. Like, you can get sued for that. And so the same thing is going to have to apply to to AI and all that kind of stuff. Um, Where this becomes especially relevant is, let's say, Taylor Swift. So sure. She's being attacked. You know, using AI sure. on a platform, X, formerly yep. known as Twitter, should she be able to sue? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Imagine if this wasn't Taylor Swift. Imagine if this is you and me, and I create some sort of image of you. Um, it gets circled around the Internet, and all of a sudden, you know, like, people don't know if it's true. Look at how many times we cancel people before they ever get a court hearing or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're not on the radio anymore, or, or you know, you, you lose your job. Uh, when the damage is done, um, that's a problem, and you should be able to sue people. There should be laws to protect people from from that kind of stuff. The same way we protect them with, uh, you know, defamation lawsuits. Oh, there will be more lawyers and more court cases <laughs> and lawsuits. <You're> right? <laughs> they already can't keep up with the current. I know, right, right, right. Um, but it's it's going to be a problem, and it's here to stay. And we're we're going to have to figure it out, and hopefully we can figure it out fast because the tech is going to outpace the laws. Could the platform self police? Could they? Sure, and we it was great. But you know why they don't? Because it's incredibly expensive. Well, exactly, and and, the, and like you said, the manpower. But it was encouraging to see Twitter shut down the searches of Taylor Swift so that people couldn't find it. But that's a superstar. Uh, you know, what about people like you and I? If someone puts something out on there, a deep a deep fake of me on. Well, here's the disturbing <laughs> part: you can you can literally go and post live video. Yeah, that's always going to live for a moment. Or more yep. until it's detected, yep. until it's reported, yep. and by that time it's saved, it's shared. I don't know how you could you can possibly deter that. You can't, and that's the challenge. Yeah, and Martin Moore, we'll take a break here. Talk about AI, Taylor Swift legislation. Is that the answer? Self policing. If you have thoughts, eight five five six one six one six twenty. The old old WTMJ talking text line. In studio with Martin Moore on our Tuesday edition of the WTMG Now program. I'm Steve. Martin, say hi, Martin. Hey, I just realized something. <laughs> yes. Uh, I didn't realize that when we're on the air, well, obviously the little blue on button lights up. I didn't realize that the LED that goes around the center table yes. lights up, too. That's, that's it, it used to be a lot cooler when we had the studio dark, but now because of the stream. Sure. Folks on the stream, hi. Um, we have to keep the lights Where up. can you watch the stream of this? YouTube. YouTube? Is WTMJ.com? It, can you watch it after it's, yes. we've been on? It's really? Only, every show. Every Boy, I, don't guest, know if I, every inter- I don't know if I want to watch myself. You should. <laughs> Self-critique. It's good for you. Trust me. Uh, one of the textures. Uh, one of my major concerns was how you mentioned how fast the platform acted in the interest of Taylor Swift. The same platform would not act that sl- swiftly for any one of us. No. That's won't. a great point you 100%. made. 100%. If it's me or you, they're not getting to it for a while. No. If if ever. And so that that's where it really gets... Scary. So, so let's just put it in this term. So let's say it's me. Okay. And someone does this. What's my recourse right now? I, if I send a, a note to report it, and you how don't, long is that going to take? You don't have 50 million little scafidis like Taylor has, <laughs> Taylor Swift has to go on. Because what 
Taylor Swift fans did was they buried it. So they basically started posting um, Taylor Swift AI. They would write that, and then they would post their favorite picture of her. And you had you know, 40, 50 million of her fans do this, and it suppressed the deep fake images. We don't have the luxury of having 40 or 50 million people help us out and report tweets or report some deep fake uh, of us. And so we have no we have no recourse. Like it, it would never get taken down if it was us. It's interesting because I think she has does she have a, a, a Twitter accounts? Yeah. Yeah. 95 million, million. followers. Gosh. So she's got she has a lot. She has a pretty big support system to help. I just added one more cuz I want to see what she's up to. <laughs> uh but you and I, there, there's not a lot of tools in our box uh, to combat that kind of stuff. So from your perspective, if somebody looks at all this technology mm-hmm. and, and how we use things, this is one thing. And that's yeah, right. use, social one media. Myriad. <laughs> other, other things that AI, in your mind, could sort of play around with. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm thinking about, obviously, the movies one was one that was highly talked yeah, about. Music is a big one. Yeah, because if you're an artist. Sure. And you're really vested in people buying your music, yep. however they do that. Now vinyl's back, apparently, and yeah. I don't think... Can you still buy CDs? I, uh, I, I don't know. I know Best Buy got rid of them. Yeah, I don't think so. Or, obviously, you can download it, any song or yeah. any album now, I think. Um, and that's another area, but like, what else are we talking about here? This is, this is a major technological revolution I mean, when you can fake something so perfectly... Well, the audience doesn't. There know. was a there was a Jay Z song that uh, a guy used AI to generate, and he uploaded it on YouTube. And before it got taken down, it got I don't know, probably like five, ten million views. And he got all the ad rev off of that, but the damage was already done. And the song was amazing. Like that's the thing. It so, was amazing. It wasn't Jay Z. So the fake Jay Z. What if the fake Jay Z is really good? And he he rapped on the track too. It was it was outstanding. Uh, Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. Yes. Uh, uh, the uh, recent um, Star Wars. Uh, that was all the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. That was all AI-generated James Earl Jones. He didn't speak a word of that. Sounded so it's convincing. Crazy. <laughs> Someone used AI to basically create an entire George Carlin comedy special. Yes, yes that was in the I, news last week. Exactly. And, and that's he, not right. That's not fair. No, it's not fair because... I saw George, George Carlin perform, and there's only one George Carlin. Yeah. And people will, whether they will like buy it or not, that stuff. they'll buy it, they'll engage with it, and they'll associate it with... The, the original artist. And, and that's a problem because you have people putting words in your mouth, making you do things, making you say things that you didn't sign off on. It's the same thing with like uh, Star Wars Rogue One where they recreated Carrie Fisher, like the CGI or um, who's the dude from the Fast and the Furious movies? They put him in there. It's like, okay, cool. You can have the family and the estate write off on that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the human being, their persona, they didn't write, they didn't write off on any of that. And that's a problem. One of the textures says, well, you can just get off of social media. You could be off of social media, but they can still do all this. Doesn't matter. Though. A guy walking down the street could be like, "Oh, I saw that photo of you, Steve, on Twitter," yeah. and you'd be like, "Uh, what?" That's the danger. And now you can't report it because you don't have a Twitter account. I don't think we solved anything, but I just wanted people to be aware of that. Yeah. These are some of the stories, and I and I wanted to weave in the Taylor Swift thing because it shows you how she's so much enmeshed in our culture now. Oh yeah, from politics to AI to almost anything to everything. Yeah. You know, obviously the artistry of Taylor Swift and the demand for people to see her in any form. She's also one of the one of the baddest, and I mean that in the best way. Women, I think I've ever seen in, in my lifetime. She. So you ever hear about that guy who like bought all of her music or whatever, and then like she didn't have the rights. Right. So she re-recorded all of her albums. She's just, smart. just as a middle finger. <laughs> for all those That's savage. For all those Taylor Swift haters, she will be a billionaire if not this year, next year. Oh yeah, a billionaire. Which gives her more power. I, All right, we're going to take a break. Chef Michael Fecker's jumping in. Yes. You don't even know what you're in for. Oh, I can't wait. Martin Moore, 
yours truly, Chef Fecker, producer Charlie. We're just having a Tuesday here at WTMJ now. Oh, we got a half hour coming here. It's a, it's a uh, potpourri of enthusiasm and great guests. Martin Moore, my, my tech guy, my, my fun culture guy, and then the one, the only, Chef Michael Fecker. People ask me, when's he going to be on? Today. Good morning, everybody. Ready for Flavortown? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Of course, is, is that branded? Do you have that copyrighted? Uh, I'm working on it. You should. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark pending. Yum, yum, and flavor. Yes. Those are my uh, brands. And right. because people always ask me, your restaurants are? Il Mito in Wauwatosa. Uh, I have Il Mito Cafe in Delafield. I am blessed to have Zesty in Heartland. And also Dobie's, which is a steakhouse supper club in St. Francis. Yes, and I've been to two of those, and I will be at the other ones fairly quickly. I hope so. Yes. I hope so. All right, so... We're coming up on the Super Bowl. Yes. We're like a week and, and a half or a little more than that away right. from the Super Bowl. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about ideas for the Super Bowl party snacking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you remember, you know, we did a segment also for Christmas yes. and, you know, which New was Year's. Awesome. Which was awesome. Yes. Yeah, we enjoyed it. It's very much the same, Steve. You know, first is planning, okay, and then also delegating and passing on some of the responsibilities to friends and people that we love that are going to gather at the party with us. I am a huge fan of the potluck approach, you know. Why? Because Everybody shows up with something. Bravo. And but you don't know what they're bringing. Exactly. But it's good. That's that's a great point. That's why you need to communicate with the friends. Communication. Okay, I'm doing this. You do that. You do that. And, that's, and then you set up a buffet of food and a nice station for... Uh, uh, such as nuts and chips and everything next to the drinks. I want to nudge you a little bit. Go ahead. Somebody brings something. It sucks. What do you do with it? At a party. <laughs> you want to know what I would do? It. <laughs> what I would do? Oh God, that's good. <laughs> you, you would just, just lie. You just lie. Because <laughs> yeah. it happens, right? I, you know what? I am not there to judge that day. I'm there to enjoy myself. Mm. I would just won't eat it if I don't like it. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I'll, I'll shovel it in my mouth and with a smile. And <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I mean, how bad? Can, that's good. How bad can it be, really? Right. Really, right. it can't. Chicken wings. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's right. a good point, actually. That's another point you're taking us to, and that is preparing food that is easy to consume. All right. Does give me any... some ideas. Give me those easy ones. We go right there. Chicken wings is yes. one of them. Why? I want you to do everything the day before. I don't want you to think of a food that you have to do the day of. Otherwise, you don't get to enjoy it. All right. Right now on the radio, tell me how to make chicken wings. Okay. You're going to um, toss your chicken wings with a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper. Put it on a cookie sheet, 450 degrees in the oven, okay, for 10 minutes. Nothing but olive oil and salt nothing, and pepper. Nothing yet. Not, nothing yet. Then we pull it out. We flip the chicken wings so the other side gets crispy as well. Okay. Once it's cooked all the way, we cool them down for tomorrow. Tomorrow we toss it with some barbecue sauce, and then we put it back into that oven at 375 for 10 minutes. Now you have a barbecue glazed chicken wings. Mm. So you don't do anything the day of, and that's it. I, Martin's here just to like ooh and ah, but I'm so hungry right now. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, so I, I you and I are going to go to lunch. I have yeah. a question. Uh, my favorite day of the year is January 1st because the holidays are over. I'm done stuffing my face. It's time to time to get back on the the treadmill and all that. Right. But then the Super Bowl comes up and the playoffs come up. What what can someone like me make that's on a health trip that it isn't just like veggies and dip. Like what do you have any healthy no. snacks that could go well for a, a party like that that I won't feel guilty the next day eating? The guilt factor. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. So also when these parties come up, we got to think about our friends that are vegetarian, sure. the friends that are vegan and they're health driven, which is wonderful because food can be medicine. You know, guacamole is a phenomenal thing that you can do. And 
It is good fats for you. It has all those flavors in there. It's creamy and you can salsa. You got to go to, in my opinion, you got to go to culture driven cuisine when you want to focus on a specific thing like health, gluten free, this, this, which culture uses the least amount of gluten, for example, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I would go, since my wife is also from Mexico and we love guacamole, guacamole would be a great dip that is easy. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to take a break here. Chef Michael Fecker, Martin Moore, my technology guy, yours truly. Uh, it's not just the food. It's how you lay this stuff out. Totally. Let's explore that. I love that. After we'll the break. When you come back. Say it. That, that favorite spice of yours? Tahin. <laughs> That's worth the price of admission every time you come. <laughs> Chef Michael Fecker, more him and Martin after the break. Love you guys. Having some fun on a Tuesday. In studio, Martin Moore, who joined me for an earlier half hour on AI, or artificial intelligence. And talk about intelligence, Chef Michael Fecker. Thank you, sir. You were dropping some knowledge on me because, you know, we're going to talk about how to set all your food right, up right. For, the, for the Super Bowl party you're going to have. But the questions are coming in, including two people asked, two different people asked about induction, induction cooking. Yeah. I don't induction know anything cooking. about this. Right. Induction is basically when the electricity that feeds the unit is turning to a magnetic field, and those magnets, there's a negative and a positive, as they're running after each other and create heat. That heat is penetrated into your, not the glass on the surface, indirectly into your pan. So do you use this in your restaurants? I have it at my chef's counter. I swear to you, Steve, if I knew what I know about induction now, majority of my cooking utensils would be the What's the benefits? What's Very, very low in electricity usage, perfect and Unit, the unit distributes heat perfectly and su- quick. You can boil a pot of water, you know, a big pot of water in 90 seconds to a minute for pasta. I mean, it's amazing. Because, wow. wow. Yeah. We are going, can we are you going buy these at the store now? Of course. I never heard of Of course. This. I'll, I'll uh, tell you exactly where to get it. Huh. Look, everybody who's listening. For you to test drive this baby, you need to get a small, little, portable unit, plug it in, use it, and whenever you're done with it, you put it away. Once you, come, you become addicted to it, then you decide to put it in your kitchen. A C- couple quick ones here. Uh, Texter says we have reservations at El Mito Friday for our anniversary. So excited. Wonderful. Can't wait to serve you. I hopefully will be there, and please ask the hostess for me so I can come and give you a big hug. All right, one more before we get to how you lay out your, your Super Bowl snacks. Um, could you ask your guests hours for Dolby Steakhouse in St. Francis? Four to eight during the week, four to nine uh, Saturdays, uh, Fridays and Saturdays. And we are open from Wednesday through Sunday. This is a program. This is a, a schedule that has been there for many years, and after 64 years, I didn't want to touch it. Yeah, and I've been there. It's, the food's fantastic. Thank Steaks you. are amazing. Thank you. And Thank the drinks, you. too. Oh, yes. yes. We, we get you drunk so the food tastes good no matter what. All right. We talked about some of the ideas. Although we didn't men- mention nachos. Nachos That's is going to be the one. next thing. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So laying it out. Okay. So right, we have this potluck thing. Right. We have our food. Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to lay this out? Okay. I would do a broth bar. Broths that are cooked and some uh, ingredients that go on top of it right next to my nacho bar. The nacho is there. The cheese sauce is there. You build it yourself. Jalapenos, whatever you want. Don't think for your guests. Let them do it. But I want you to promise me that you ask everybody to bring something so that way the pressure is not all on you. What you said before, communicates are not bringing the same stuff. Totally, exactly. We don't need like six of the same stuff. Exactly. But let's say this. How do you communicate? I know Steve makes an amazing guacamole. Steve, can you bring the guacamole? I know you make an amazing chicken wing, for example. (laughs) That I get from the store. You know one of those things is true, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to do it. I don't cook anything. I can't wait to try your guacamole. I'll cook for you. And then you come and get I, it from me and then tell everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you. what does someone like you who is a chef, 
loves cooking, when you host people, do you follow your own rule and tell other people, or can you not help yourself and you're like, oh, I have no, to? No, no, no. When I'm doing it, I want you to just come and let me serve you. Sure, That's sure. the way I do it at my house, for sure. example. But for thanks, I mean, uh, another question is, okay, you as a chef that promotes healthy eating and everything, Super Bowl is a day to enjoy. I don't want to worry about how much nacho I'm going to eat. You know, i got to be on the treadmill a little bit later tomorrow. Yeah. That's all. So do you, uh, I'm reading some of your notes here. You put the food by the by the booze? Yes. So the snacks you put by the booze. Snacks. The peanuts, the nuts, you know, the chips and those things you put by the booze. So as your guest comes there to make his own drink, grabs a little bit of that and goes and sits down. You know, I just don't want you guys to work and slave during the gatherings, you know. Gathering is about getting around the table and having fun. It's all about a good mix, right? Totally. you got to have everything. And invite the right people. Because if you are, for example, a Packer fan, and you're going to invite somebody that's a San Francisco fan, Ooh. there's going to be some fighting going you on. You ever been at a party like that where it's like, ooh, that's Yes, awkward. I have. And that's why I'm saying it. <laughs> they, get the, they get the bad dishes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> either that or you just throw them out. All right. So let's talk. I mean, I love nachos. Yes. In your mind, and this is a simple thing. Right? Okay. Everybody can do it. Okay. What makes the best nachos? The cheese sauce that you put on there. What's the best cheese sauce? The be- okay, great. Now, nobody says a cheese sauce needs to be a classic cheese sauce. So you can certainly mix some things together and shred some cheese and put it next to it and put it there. But a classic cheese sauce, this is what it is, okay? You create a liquid that the cheese can melt into. But if that liquid does not have binding agents, which means like flour or right. something that thickens it, the cheese will not... Uh, melt evenly, and what's going to happen? The fat and the butter and the cheese are going to separate. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a stringy mess. What about the, you just buy the thing of cheese sauce? Okay, stop it, Steve. (laughs) Tostitos? I can't say those things on radio, guys. (laughs) Uh, Question for Chef Becker. We know he's a fan of the, the, I already asked that one. Um, The best way to cook a steak? That's a random question, but. I struggle with cooking steak. Yeah. Struggle. Um, If I wish I would be cooking with you, the, um, Guess that asked that question because searing is very important. We call that reverse searing. High temp. High temp and then going to the oven. But no one does that, really. I know. Why? Because we don't want to turn on our oven and use it. Guys, we got those tools that are heat-creating tools to use. When you go to a restaurant and you have a steak and it says, oh, my God, it's so good, that's because we use two sources of heat. I sear, I finish in the oven. Rotating heat. So direct heat, and then you go to rotating heat, so it cooks it evenly and nicely. Somebody has the best, like if you're going to a party, I don't know if you're, are you hosting a party or going to a party this year? I'm going to a party. Okay. When you go to that party as a chef. Yes. You see this dish, it's like, well done. What, what's, what is that dish? In your mind, uh-huh. your taste. Yeah. A one pot dish, such as, for example, a lasagna or something mm. that oh, somebody really? creates. Yeah. Again, it's simple. I do it the day before. It goes into a slow cooker or in the oven and I'm done with it. When that lasagna is well balanced, sufficient amount of pasta, sufficient amount of filling, the right sauce, that I say, God, this is good. You know what's underappreciated for snacks? Potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. What I do know. you do with potatoes? A lot. Uh, when I went on Food Network, actually, that question was asked from me, and the answer was, actually, that's one of my favorite ingredients because it's a white canvas, and we can paint it with whatever color we want. So potatoes, what I would do for everyone, I would first take some uh, red potatoes, cut them in half, salted water, blanch them until they're done. Let them cool down with a spoon, take the center off, 
mix that potato with some ricotta, some parmigiano, some fresh herbs, and put it back into the potato. Is that the twice-baked thing? Yeah. That's when you bake it. This is cold. Oh, cold. Yeah, this, yeah, this is the cold. So it doesn't have to be twice-baked. But that would be a great idea, Steve, if you take that baby and put it in the oven. I'm full of great ideas, even though I don't I cook. Know, you can God do a sake. shocking amount I like eating potatoes. other people's I know, right? You can do so many things yeah, with it's potatoes. It's the most universal. All right, we, got, we got one more break to take. Chef Fecker, Martin Moore joining us for this uh, this half hour. Um, if you have a question, fire it off. We'll, we'll get it to the chef. I do I want to ask you about... Paper plates or real real plates? I would, don't answer yet. I want okay. I won't because I've seen it both ways. Yeah, I got I have my answer. I'm curious what yours is. Absolutely. All right, we'll do that after the break. Think about me. <laughs> a few minutes left with Chef Michael Fecker, Martin Moore, and yours truly on this Tuesday edition of WTMJ. Now, sliders. Yes. Those little burgers, right? Yes, sir. So how do you keep them warm when they're out there? Because the buns don't they get soggy? They get moist and they get mushy. Yes, you're so you right. Keep them separate. Bravo. That is another one. You I'm see, a cook. this is, this guy's amazing. Okay. Sliders, nacho, broth, whatever bar you're going to make, the ingredients will complement each other anyway. So you put some uh, already cooked slider, basically mini burgers in a in the, sauce or something. No, just leave it dry. Leave it dry. Leave it dry. And what I would do is if you put it in a sauce, it's going to get steamed. You want to keep it smaller or warmer if you want, but leave it dry. And cover it with something. The steam created from itself while it's sitting warm. The covering is the important. The part. covering is the more. Otherwise, keep it, dry most, out. it would dry out. Bravo. And then put it on the bread and top it with whatever you want within the bar. So yeah, slider bar. Slider bar, nacho bar, Cheese. burger bar, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Do it like that, guys. Stop slaving in the kitchen during the times that you're supposed to be festive and having fun and getting drunk. All right. So I asked you the question before the break: paper plates or real plates? Absolutely disposable. Absolutely it's disposable plate. Yeah, again, you but you got to get good ones. Good ones, not and those flimsy ones. I've they're, seen disasters happen. Well, you know what? And my shopchefhacker.com um, website, I have links to these things. You oh. know that you can go and click and you see what is the quality of the plate because I've used them. I know what they are. They're reasonably priced. Amazon has them. Everybody has them, guys. Everybody has them. Yeah, just minimize your work. I excel at overloading paper plates and not spilling, <laughs> spilling yeah, right? things at Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas. And I yeah. tend to load up too much. Yeah. I, there's no reason because you can just go back. Yeah. Right, but another thing is we buy it cheaper. We think it's going to work, but it doesn't. So people grab three of them right? You know, to keep it. Yeah. So so you buy a good one, it's a few dollars more, and it's going to do it with one plate. They're going to be happy. So when you're setting up your buffet or mm -hmm. whatever you call it, mm -hmm. Where does the plates go at the beginning? That's an at easy At the beginning, one. Right. and silverware right next to it. And I would buy those silverware that are wrapped with napkin and they have salt and pepper in them already. So then what comes next? The main courses? Yeah, you, you do. Basically, this is the or way the you bar. do plates. Then whatever starch you're going to have, potato salad or whatever, and then the meat and the nachos and whatever else you want to do. What I want you to do, make sure your paper plates or your disposable are not those large plates. Because first of all, the guest is going to take too much and they're not going to finish it all. Let them keep going back. So buy like a nine inch, an eight inch plate. Yes. So that way it's a lot easier, right? You know, the other one that people do a lot that I appreciate, they wrap the knife and fork plastic in a napkin right, right. or a cloth napkin exactly sometimes. you can do that and like i mentioned you can also buy the pre-wrapped already there's one that i buy also oh my god steve it's like you have a cloth napkin it is such an amazing quality for amazing value you know amazon has that guys you go and do a search over there just buy the ones that has my picture on it otherwise don't what do they make those 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's your go-to drink for um, Super Bowl Sunday? I am a, a beer guy, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm an Aperol Spritz. Yeah, yeah. Aperol Spritz is mm. great to start. Like, I love it. But during the Super Bowl, I do a, a drink that is basically with tahin that I've been mentioning all the time. I take the rubber lime on the, the edge of the glass, dip it in tahin so the tahin sticks to it, lime juice in the glass, salt, and beer. You are responsible for the massive uptick in tahin sales right? yeah, I think, in the Milwaukee I think area. you should charge those guys. You should probably... Try to cash in. Who's that handsome guy that just walked in? <laughs> That's Vince Vitrano. Hey, Vince. You I know? like. I got a bottle of tahini. You're good. Yes, good. I worked with a wonderful producer at TMJ4. She right. was from Guatemala, and she introduced me to yeah, it. She's like, nice. You don't know tahini? Yeah. I, I do now. I didn't right. know until he showed up. Yeah, a lot of spice, lime, salt, everything is within one bottle. All right, Martin, did you learn something today? I did. Yeah. I, I never did the napkin thing, and now that I think about it, makes sense. You don't want people's sticky fingers, no, you know, wiping no, them on no. your couch yeah, and on yeah, your good totally, clothes. Totally. Wrap them, yeah. grab and go. You're, yeah, you're out of the exactly. line. Because you want that line to move fast. And, does, and some of those uh, finger food stuff, some toothpicks, nice large toothpicks, let them put it in the meatball and put it in their mouth and throw the toothpick away. Oh, oh you so play that with that toothpick way you for 45 minutes. All right, just yeah. a little show notes. <laughs> you are actually going to stick around. I'm going to record another edition of Scafidiology Podcast with you. Yes, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm more. We're than gonna excited. freestyle. We're gonna riff. We're gonna, we're gonna introduce people to some of the things you are very passionate about. It. That's gonna happen after I get out of here. You Thanks for it. being I'm here ready. as always. Thanks for having me, Steve. If people have a question, how can they find you? Uh, Chefpecker.com, and uh, you can ask any questions. You can send any notes that you want, and I would love to answer it. All request any recipes that you want. E I'm your personal chef. Remember that. Equal opportunity if they want to find you, Martin Moore at Martin Moore Jr. on uh, X or Twitter. Also, if you're a Bucks fan, uh, yes, I want you to pop next this. Friday. I'm hosting the first ever Milwaukee Bucks Twitter meetup. I love uh, this. Starts at Mecca at 5 p.m. We're gonna have prizes. Everyone's gonna be there. If you can make the game, go to my Twitter. There's a link there. You can buy tickets. There's 61 bucks. We all sit next to each other versus oh, the Hornets. That's cool. It's gonna be a lot of fun. On mingle nerd out over the box. I'm glad you got that in. All right, gentlemen, let's uh, let's pause. Let's get the news guys going, and that's Vince.